You're listening to the Mobcast Network. Welcome, my friends, to the Catacombs. We're the deep dive cult movie show that's uh, with the cult movie canteen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're we're under it. We're under it. They, that's where they keep us. <laughs> yeah. Well, you get to live up top. I do, I do, because yeah. it is my canteen. So now. you're kind of like Mando, and I'm everything else. Right. I'm just right. all the other Mando. Right. You're I'm John Favreau. <laughs> you're right, right. John Favreau. Right. Mando. You get to hang out with uh, the armorer, though, and she's pretty sweet. Yeah, she's pretty rad. Um, this is not uh, my Star Wars life or <laughs> Mando Mondays, which you can also listen to us both on talk about Star Wars stuff. No, this is the uh, Catacombs where we talk about deep cut movies. And boy, do we have a doozy for you this week. I'm your Native American pop culture spread guide, Scotty, and I'm joined by my co-host. Co-host. It's me, Drew. Hey, Drew. How's it going? I am delightful. How's your week, man? It's been good. It's been solid. Uh, you know, this was uh, icing on the cake. Getting to watch this. I watched it yesterday. Outside of this movie, have you seen anything else this week? Um, yeah, but it's embarrassing. Uh, uh, oh no, I got you beat. Well, yes, no, I, got I, know you beat. I got you beat. But we started watching a show on Netflix called The Circle, which is a reality game show about. And we both, me and my wife, both leaned in on it. It's pretty bad. Do you it's enjoy bad. though? Yeah, because I don't care. Like, I love trash TV. Right. Right? Just as much as we love bad movies, right, I right. love bad TV. Oh, yeah. And then I also finished The Expanse, which was not bad TV, which was absolutely right. fam- uh, cool. fabulous. All right, so what about you? I saw Cats. <laughs> that, 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 you know that movie's coming to this show. <laughs> I saw, well, we, we did it on the, the on the cult movie canteen. We did it upstairs. I saw Cats. Um, And you'll hear my thoughts on Cats on that show. Uh, we saw Cats. <sighs> was it? Was it? Does it deserve to be in this uh, volume of Empire, the Mad of the Beast? No. As it should have look, been? look. Spoiler for the show, because this show will air before for that one does. Um, we both recorded on the same day, though. So, haha, look at this. Um, originally, this film was conceived as an animated film. Oh. As an animated film, I think it works. Yep. Tom Hooper shows up and says, no, we're going to do this live action. And so he does this live action CGI, and that doesn't work. Yep, yep. I didn't hate it. It's, um, it takes a little, once you, once you accept the, the trash fire that it is, you kind of go, okay, I'm, I'm, I feel that. I kind of, I kind of accept, accept this, and, and then I kind of have fun playing along. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And then at the, at the end of the, at the end of the day, at the end of the singing and all, I'm like, I didn't waste my money. Okay, as long as you feel that way. If you feel that way, that's pretty right. solid. I tell, and I, I say this in the podcast. Look, it is, it is worth the ninety nine cent rental. I wouldn't pay more than that, but yeah. it's way wor- it's worth the ninety nine cent rental. Yep, or go. if you catch it on streaming, watch it. it. For the spectacle and the train wreck that it is, there are some generally generally great performances in it, and so you've got that too. Right. But it's it's a mess. It's a mess, and it's kind of a fun mess. So. I saw that and I saw Richard Jewell. 
How was Richard Jewell? Really good. Yeah, I, well, I want to talk offline about that. I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. Oh, really, great. really great. surprised how much I enjoyed that. Yeah, it looks solid. So I really enjoyed that. That's Clint Eastwood's new one about the, the poor guy that got accused of the Olympic bombing in 96. At, uh, uh, I think that guy's from the actors from around here somewhere. No, he was born in Detroit. Oh, he was born in Detroit. Right, but he's got, so connections. But he's got connections down here. Yeah, okay. So I knew some been, other people. He's been in some, some other stuff, so. Oh, we've... Moving on from talking from uh, those movies to the, actually what we, we watched. Drew and I watched Robot Jocks. And we got this thing, and we're about <laughs> ready to kick your ass. You've been dying to say that. I can't wait. It's one that, of my favorite I, lines ever. I, I won't lie. That line's in the trailer. Yep. And uh, when I was a kid, that what got me to the theater. To same, pe- same here. Because I have seen this in the theater. Okay, no, I didn't have that. I okay. saw that in the theater here in Mobile. Well, it had a wide release, right? It had a wide release, and it did not do well. No, I imagine not. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but um, I can't believe you've seen it in the theater. Saw it in theater, yeah, saw it in theater. And but it was PG. Yeah. Okay, I was trying to remember. I remember the, it coming the, out. The theater cuts PG. The version that we got is PG thirteen. Why? Uh, because when they went to video, they could they could they didn't have to go through the MPAA. Oh, got it. Got and it. so they just made it. It's kind of an unrated cut. But it's still they still yeah. got a PG on it. I've but been it's down it, that road. Yeah, but it's, you can it's you not, can say what it, it's that's what in my it trivia stuff. But yeah, great. So let's listen to the trailer now. It's a new age of combat. Human beings, genetically engineered to be the best fighters in history. Two champions. It isn't over until someone wins. At war with each other. Kill it! I have already killed you. Two invincible men. Let's finish it, Alexander. Here now. The ultimate killing machines. I'm gonna get in this thing, and I'm gonna kick your... Robot Jocks. Robot Jocks came out in 1989. One of the best years for movies. Yeah, like it came. It came out in 89, but didn't. Oh no, we'll talk about that. Okay, never mind. It came out in 89. I jumped the gun. Um, in one of the best years for movies. That's when it came out. Um, most people did not see it until the following year, until 1990, for reasons. But official release date is 1989. Directed by Stuart Gordon. He's got some pedigree. Uh, well, yeah. In, in, the, in our world. Right, he does. He does. Uh, he is most famous for making Reanimator. Right. Which is fantastic. Uh, he also did a movie I absolutely love that we'll probably do on this show called Dolls. Oh, yeah. Dolls is crazy. Doll, Dolls is great. It's, all, it's like a... It's almost like a PG thirteen fun horror film. It's really he did Fortress, I, which I was it was funny because we just had a conversation about it. Or R- Steph said it on R- the show. Right. I, sometimes I forget if I'm in the room or not. Uh, and Steph talked. I love the movie Fortress right. with Christopher Lambert. Yeah, wait, we'll, yeah, I totally want to do that. We'll do that. On the, we'll get her on that one too. That's great. Uh, he also wrote 
Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yep. And Did, the series. Yeah, and the series. He directed some episodes in the series, but he yeah. he created Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yep. Written by Joe Halderman, who uh, is a science fiction novelist. Uh, he is, uh, two of his novels, The Forever War and Forever Peace, were, uh, uh, have both won Hugo Nebula Awards. Wow. His only screenwriting credits are this film, and he did I, I Newton from the 1985 version of The Twilight Zone, which is really good. Um, cinematography by um, the late, great Mac Alberg. And this dude started shooting in, like, 1950s. Right, he's, but, and he's made some crazy stuff. I'm just going to point out a f- handful because they're important to us. The Dungeon Master yep. from 84... Eliminators from '86. It's our jam. Which are the reason why this podcast exists. Yep. Um, it is. Of both of those movies are available on Blu-ray together. Yes, which is beautiful. He was a cinematographer for Deep Star Six, which I love that movie. Right. I, yep. And all of that craziness. He is this uh, cinematographer for the Michael Jackson video, black and white, black or white. Good grief, that is a high-profile video. Right, right, right. So all this kind of, and no offense to this guy. I mean, because, I mean, look, the cinematography he also this did, is, like, Striking Distance, I think, with right, Bruce Willis, which was a great, great shot movie. movie. Right, right, and this one, yeah, Robert Jack's not a bad shot. I mean, what he shot was good. Just, you know, sometimes you just get garbage you have to deal with. Um, But from all of this, what lovingly is B-grade movies, Right. Michael Jackson's like, yeah, come do this for yeah, us. So, right. Edited by Lori Ball, who uh, she's uh, mostly done a ton of TV on her own. This was her first film she edited by herself. Um, but she has c- assisted edited on such films as Friday 13th Part 7 and The Santa Claus and more, a ton of TV. The visual effects is David Allen. So all the miniature work and stuff right. was, was oversaw by David Allen, who is most famous for Ghostbusters 2. Puppet Master 2 through 5, The Dungeon Master, and he was uncredited in Eliminators. See, there's always a beautiful connection. And all this connection happens because of the producer, Charles Band. Charles Band is a, a, an, a an amazing B-movie producer. When you think B-movie producers, everyone thinks Corman. Rightfully so. Roger Corman deserves every accolade he gets. But Charles Band... Is right under him. Oh, we'll see. So what's funny to me is Band, Charles Band stuff, I remember more than Corman's stuff. Right, right. So like Charles but, Band fit, hit my generation. Right, right. He's, he's realistically our generation Corman. That's right. I mean, totally. Like Corman, right. Corman while Corman make, still makes stuff, uh, uh, he, uh, you know, he kind of falters around early 80s, but from like... The late fifties to the seventies, it's Corman. Oh, that's one hundred percent Corman. Like um, Jack Nicholson owes his career to Roger Corman, oh, and yeah. will and would t- and tells you so that, that little Ronnie Howard. There's right. all kinds of people yeah. that are tied into tied to Roger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ronnie Howard. Ron Howard's first director movie was a Corman produced. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, Cor- and Corman saw talent when he said it, and so he puts in a bunch of ridiculous, and he just makes ridiculous movies. Finally, got an Oscar. We got a Lifetime Achievement Award, yep. rightfully so. I completely I, agree. I love it when Hollywood looks back and says, "Okay, so your movies weren't great, but look what you did." Yeah, and look what you changed you, the landscape you know, of the industry. Sh- uh, completely, completely. So maybe one day for Charles Band, uh, movies that you may know, uh, uh, Troll is his, um, uh, Ghoulies. Um, of course, Eliminators and Robot Jocks and um, 
uh, Laser Blast and Dungeon Master. Laser Blast, which is a gold mine. Uh, <laughs> Arena we saw. Arena. I loved that movie. Yeah, there's basically we Trancers. Trancers, which is great. Right. Uh, a lot of that full moon Doll stuff. Dollman. Dollman, a lot of that yep. early full moon stuff. Yep. And he's still around making stuff too, so that's very cool. Um, so yeah, this is a one of many Charles Mann films. It's like it's like Charles Mann, Empire and um Canon will will we will both be seeing a lot in this podcast. Absolutely. They're they're kinda on par par with each other, I think. Canon had a little bit more high profile, a little bit more money to do more you know, crazier stuff, but so our movie stars Gary Graham as Achilles, also known as Jim. Yeah. <laughs> For a moment. Uh Gary Graham is most notable uh, as a television actor. Uh he was in the he starred in the uh the television version of Alien Nation. That so that's how I found out about this movie. Really? I loved Alien Nation oh, I did too. when I was a kid. I did, I did and when too. I saw Gary show up in this movie, Gary. Uh, I jumped ship, and and that that was one of the things that made me look at like care about it. Yeah, because he played the James Con role in them. Yep, in the show. I loved him in that show. And uh, then um, he was in Jag. Yep. And then uh, I know him from Star Trek Enterprise. He's a Vulcan on Star Trek Empire Enterprise from like the now first. Now he's season. like in all the Star Trek fan films. Yeah, that's what he's like. His making his bread and butter. Like I didn't realize how many. First of all, I didn't know you can make a career out of that. Apparently, he's doing that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, also stars Amarine Johnson as Athena. I just know her mostly from In the Heat of the Night. Yep. <laughs> and what's happening now? <laughs> I'm an old ladies kid. Also in Jag. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, and she's uh, in That's a Raven. Uh, Paul Coslow as Alexander. He, uh, he was in uh, The Omega Man and the Original Vanishing Point. He also oh, did wow. a, lot, a lot of 80s TV, A-Team, Airwolf, stuff like yep. that. Um, uh, Michael Alderidge as Tex. He was in V, Dallas, Alice. And also Jag. Good grief. <laughs> uh, Danny uh, uh, Kamakona as Matsumo. He was in Magnum P.I., Hawaii Five O. But most importantly, he's Sato in Karate Kid Part 2. Yep. Miyagi. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Fight me, Miyagi. <laughs> Miyagi. And just a shout out to uh, Jeffrey Combs. Um, has a guest star in this. And Jeffrey Combs was the main in, uh, lead in Reanimator. But he's a million of one guys on, on name of Star Trek. He's been on it, uh, and he's also he's brilliant in the forty four hundred. But Jeffrey Combs is all, and he's all cool, very cool. I've met him. He's a very cool, cool dude. He's fantastic. You ready for this? Yep. Welcome to the future, and the future sucks. It's fifty years after a nuclear holocaust. And mankind decides that that was a terrible idea, so they ban all war. We have two surviving factions, the Confederation, who is basically the Soviets, and the market, which is, you know, the USA. Because, hey, this is an 80s movie, and at the core of all 80s movies, it's the Cold War. I'm looking at you, Flashdance. That's fantastic, by the way. (laughs) That's why you keep me around. So instead of war, we have giant robot battles. Gladiator combat where pilots drive mechs and beat the crap out of each other for territory around the world. The pilot for these mechs are called Robot Jocks. And now we have a title. Meet Achilles, but his family calls him Jim. (laughs) He's our hero jock who won nine out of his ten contract fights. He's up to fight Alexander, who's a straight-up dick, and killed the last jock to fight him. 
So this time it's personal or, you know, something like that. Achilles trains with the next group of jocks, a bunch of young adults who are genetically created in a lab. These gene jocks are the future, and, well, Achilles isn't so sure. Among the gene jocks is a woman named Athena. The only. But more about her later. Yes. Achilles' friend and coach is Tex, who's a retired robot jocks, who was the only one to win all ten of his contract fights. We also have a robot designer, Doc Matsumoto, who, when he's not trying to get Miyagi to fight him, he's trying totally awesome at designing weapons, which keep getting stolen by corporate spies. So, you know, that happens. So now we have to fight for Alaska. Because of reasons. Uh, it has minerals. Sure. They exactly say minerals. <laughs> Those are reasons. Yeah. The match- raisins? Raisins? It has raisins? It has raisins. The mineral, the raisins are full of minerals. <laughs> That's it, totally. Get those frozen raisins. The match happens in Death Valley. They even got bleachers for the battleground for spectators to watch. It's a back and forth match when, uh, with an obviously, um, which is an, with an obviously flop for the super secret laser weapon. Clearly, spies told the Confederation about the green laser. Probably should have used the red laser or the blue laser. It's <laughs> just the fact that now we have this laser and you can't help but the entire time i was watching i was like hey uh achilles use the green and everyone on screen goes up and does the austin powers <laughs> laser. laser the game moves from ranged weapons to hand-to-hand combat and alexander launches a rocket fist at him and the projectile which is not a hand-to-hand weapon goes right toward the crowd which achilles tries to block but instead he is knocked down in his giant mech and crushes the bleachers killing over 300 people so my question when i watched this was i wonder how much damage the fist would have done like <laughs> like like 100 people would have died yeah, he's like i'm getting like, everybody don't worry about it i got you guys i got you you've been fisted <laughs> oh there's so much fisting in this movie <laughs> yes especially to the audience <laughs> we'll get to that later the match is declared a draw because all the well, well, the refs just straight up suck in this movie. They order a rematch, but Achilles is done. Uh, he's fought his ten matches, so he's good. He leaves. He leaves to go live with his brother and his family, but that's not going well because the people in the market call him a coward and a traitor. Traitor, and well, that's not good. The Gene Jocks now train to be the next warrior to fight Alexander. To weed them down, they basically have to go through this suicidal jungle gym that shakes, has heated bars, and other crazy trap. The idea is to get through a hole at the top of the ceiling. Athena makes it to the top, and she's declared the winner and the first female jock to fight. So Achilles finds out about that, and so comes back mostly because you know he's totally into her. And the other part is she's a girl, and girls can't be robot jocks. I mean, it's straight up sexist. Like right. it is one hundred percent sexist. There's no way around. We'll, it. we'll come back because I have questions. So he comes back. She gets all mad. Meanwhile, Matsumoto new secret weapon is so secret that he's not telling anyone even the engineers who put it in they don't not sure what it does so i imagine they did it like a puzzle piece all right all right bob you put in this yep. then you go home and you use jo- the te- nikola tesla model right you're just gonna each engineer did one, one job thing, one yeah. job oh you had you one, had one, one job, job ted um so but so tex is mad about that but matsumoto questions him about the last match the 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 one in the million shot that saved the day Turns out Tex is the spy and he kills Matsumoto and tells everyone, Whoa, look, I found a spy! It was that Japanese guy. And he happened to kill himself. Lucky us! <laughs> By shooting himself in the front of his own head. Like, where's the corner in this whole thing? <sighs> Who knows? So Athena is trying to be all apologetic and somewhat sexy while back at Achilles' place, and then he lets his guard down, and well, then she drugs him. 
They have a little fight, which really turns into a Me Too moment. Big time. Come on, Achilles, man. No means no. My God, it was awful. I mean, he's literally on top of her, pinning her down. Right. It's he like gives I'm, her a kiss. He's like, I'm about to make this happen. But look. luckily, because he's drugged. <laughs> see, this is how bad this actually is. Because he's drugged, she can fend herself off. Otherwise, right. right. Oh, my gosh. Athena then leaves the drugged robot jacks behind, stealing his gear to go cosplay and drive this giant robot. No one questions anything. Athena shows up wearing Achilles gear. No one questions why suddenly he's lost 50 pounds. Nope, it's all good. Then when a tech reaches out to give him a good old luck pat on the bottom. Dude, sports are weird. Athena freaks out and while the tech is like, dude, that's not Achilles. Then some kung fu happens and while Athena takes control of the robot, she's got to go fight. Achilles wakes up. He's locked in his apartment and he can't get out. But he uses the worst Atari game ever to control his flying car to smash to the wall and rescue him. That was a thing that happened. That was in the movie. He then zooms to go fight and, uh, and find out what, figure out what's going on. The rest don't care who's piling the mech, uh, the mech, so the match has to happen. So the market decides they have no choice but to support Athena. They tell her to check out the video uh, briefing on the uh, on the secret weapon, and she does so. Turns out it's a super flashlight to go blind people for up to ninety seconds. Oh, look, and there's some video of Tex confessing and killing Matsumoto. Yep, Tex is the spy, and he's all like, see you in hell, and jumps to his death. Yeah, like no motivation, <laughs> just <laughs> kills himself. Alexander and Athena square off, and let's face it, she's overmatched. It's pro versus rookie, and it shows. Athena tries the super secret weapon, but it only works for three seconds of those 90 that she was promised. <laughs> Maybe because Did Tex you notice that? It was like, yeah. 90 seconds, you get yeah. three seconds, I can't see, oh, I'm good. <laughs> it's like, uh, flash bulb, I'm good. <laughs> right, I'm fine, I'm fine. Alexander e easily incapacitates her and uses his robot power fist to fist her over and over and over again. It happens. The match, is declared, fist. the match is declared a win for the Confederation, but Alexander is still smashing and he won't stop. The referees are like, guys, you won, it's cool. And Alexander's like, I got to smash this pilot to make it in, to, to, to really... He really wants to smash Achilles, but the rest complain. He smashes the referee hovercraft, and so which forfeits the match to the market. Achilles goes and takes his flying car over to the match, rescues the thing, and basically gets into that thing and kick to kick his ass. So they fight. It's a great battle of stop motion puppetry uh, that even has a moment where they're flying in space for reasons, and then has a moment that involves a chainsaw penis. Yes. Let that sink in there for a moment. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, oh. Chainsaw penis. Yes. In the end, both mechs are destroyed, and the pilots go hand-to-hand, -hand, where they realize they don't have to do this, and the world is saved by two thumbs up. The end. Quite literally, the final frame is two fists coming together, giving a thumbs up. A thumbs up. That's the end. Yeah. So, yeah, that's... It's uh, one of the worst endings of any movie, certainly on this show. I, I say that... The, this movie is not worse than Nemesis, but the ending is worse than the Nemesis ending, to me. Because the Nemesis ending at least left like a hook that something was going to happen. He reads the dumb letter in the rain, if you remember this. And this one, they quite literally hated each other the whole time, giving us such brilliant pieces of dialogue like, you're curdling my beer. Or, yeah, he's... You're curling my beer. This is what uh, Achilles says to uh, what's the bad guy's name again? Russia. Alexander. Alexander. You're curling German by way of Russia. Yeah. And then Alexander or says, a Russian by "You're way making of my beer taste like blurred, blurred, blood." Right. Blurred. I, I watched this with a friend, and she she kept going, "This is the worst Russian accent ever." And I'm like, "Well, you know, it's the future." Yeah. It's mind blowing. 
Uh, however, I personally uh, found myself enjoying the crap out of it. I, it, it. As bad of a movie as it was, and some really cringeworthy, like the Me Too thing was was legitimately it's cringeworthy. Like it is, my God, what 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 were we allowing to to transpire? And the sexism again, not being part of woke culture, just generally just not good content. However, the flow of the story. I actually liked it. I just think it had crap production value. I, I enjoyed the way it kind of, uh, I don't know. I guess as a kid, I was a big so Battletech fan. Do, do you, I don't think the production value was crap, though. Look, the, well, the screens and stuff now, like, like, like it's pretty bad. But step back. Yeah. Step, look at the lens when it was shown. So I think, I think all the stop motion work is brilliant. Oh, and, I love it. And clearly where all the money went to. Yeah. However, I do like like costume design was neat. No, uh, costume was great, I, and I like. And, and the production design wasn't bad. Right. It's just in spots, it was it. Like my biggest complaint with the movie, because again, looking at it with the uh, filmmaker's eye, uh, it was shot anamorphic, which is super expensive, right? Uh, and, and harder, but it was just a little overexposed. Like, imagine how cool this movie would have looked if it would have had the palette of Blade Runner, like darker, palette. right? It would have been a much, much, much more interesting film, but instead we got... I mean, everything was bright white and all that <laughs> kind of crap. Sorry, I, I didn't get to do the box office mojo stuff on this. I'm doing that now yeah. while we were talking. Now I'm, I'm, I can't wait till we get to that part. That's funny. <laughs> um, I love this movie. <laughs> right? How can you not? It's it As is, a 12-year-old boy, how old were you? Uh, you so been, so I, I saw it in 90. 12? I saw it in 91 early, so that 13. would have been 13. Yeah. yeah, so I was a 12-year-old boy right. when I saw this movie. I love giant effing robots. Right. And there was nothing. See, I don't think people understand, but some people may not get this. They may be too young or didn't care. Right. There were not giant robot films. Right. Any of them. Right. And so, I there mean. It was only Transformers the cartoon at the time. Right. Which is a huge influence on this oh, film. massive, yeah. So, Stuart Gordon got the idea by watching um, Transformers and like, this would be a great movie. And so he set out to make it, sold the idea to Charles Brand, Band, who's like, I don't think we can get the money, figured out how to get the money, and got the money. I think, I'm, right. which is, doesn't, you know, usually when they go, I don't think we're going to get the money, you don't get the money. Right. But he went back and got the money for him. Yeah, he it. did. He liked the idea, though. They they shot it in Rome. Um, Why in Rome? I don't know. weird to me. I don't know. Um, Stuart Gordon and the writer got together because... Um, Stuart Gordon wanted to make a. Uh, I've got to get the writer's name again. Um, I hate handle. Yeah, John ha- Halderman. Halderman. Halderman wrote this book called The Forever War, which, like again, it's a Hugo Nebula award-winning book, and that Gordon wanted to make a movie out of, and they couldn't do a movie out of it. They just, they just the funding for that went through. Sure. And so he did a stage play version of it that Halderman wrote, and he produced. Yeah. So there's a stage play of this out there, and that's how they met. And so he pitched him this idea about giant robots, and they were like, he, and so the Halderman wrote this film that's more because he he is an he's an associate professor or he's a, a professor at MIT. Oh right, right. He's he's got pedigree. He's dialed in. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's yeah. got pedigree, and so so his science fiction is more science based. Right. And so he wrote a science fiction film, and. Gordon wanted a movie that was like Transformers, which yeah. is a Saturday morning cartoon, and he's like, "Which Transformers is if nostalgia removed? Right. The dumbest concept in the world, right. right? It's for kids, and that's what this right. essentially was right. targeting." And so, 
there's a there's there was a miscommunication between both of them, and they they butted heads on because he would write, you know, he would write some stuff, and then Gordon would go back and write rewrite some stuff and turn it into this unreal. This Saturday, so all like the Jean Jock stuff and all this stuff. That's Holderman trying to put in some kind of yep message, and he's like, no, no, giant robot fight. Yep, and um, they sold the concept. Of, so the opening fight between um, Alexander and Hercules, the the guy that gets squished at the beginning, that's all concept. Uh, that was the concept real. That's brilliant. That's and so, so since brilliant. they just reused it's it. Actually, a great opening. Oh, it's sequence. great! It's great! It's great! It's it, really good. It sells it. It's totally sells it. Here's the thing though that's crazy is like the miniature work again needs to be on point here to, right, to make right, the movie work. Right. But watching it, it's so nice to see. It's the same thing we're getting a little bit with the Mando. Right. But seeing practical effects back in right. the ship, it does make a difference. Now, there's spots where it oh, doesn't shine so well. Right. Like the, like the, the chainsaw arm. Right. The didn't look f- so flying car's stupid. Flying car's terrible. But I don't I think I think they I think they knew that. I think they like we can't make this flying car work. I think right. they, but in the end, we've got giant robots that are amazing. I, I, and the interior of the cockpits wasn't that bad. Like right. the idea of how they worked, how the robots worked, uh, you know, I, I guess we can get into it here in a second. But to me, I liked it better than what you got out of Pacific Rim, personally. Oh, ho- whole heart. I was excited to see P- Pacific Rim because I love robot jocks. Yeah, that same thing. Because I've been wanting because I'm wanting a new robot jocks. And Pacific and Rim Pacific- two was closer to uh, robot jocks right. than Pacific Rim. And I, and I think I think they missed the point. They, my problem with those films is the same thing. I have problems with. Um, Godzilla, and the same thing. I have problems with. I just want to see. Yeah, I know where you're going. Tra- transform uh, the Transform Michael Bay Transformers. I don't care about the people. Yep. They have yet to make an interesting character. Yep. To me, to care much. To not, yep. I want to see Godzilla fight, or I want to see Optimus Prime beat the crap out of Megatron. Yep. I want to see a giant robot fight a thing. I don't need to find. Or I, I, where I want is giant robots versus giant robots. That's what I want. Right. Like, cause the the, the Kaju thing is fine, but the, none of that existed without robot jocks. That's true. Which is what the most, my favorite part about this podcast, Every almost every single movie we ever do, we established that a, a genre was created by one of the films that came from guys like Charles Band. Right. Like, that's a... That's, Mr. Gordon. Yeah, Gordon. Any, any of these guys. Like, it's a huge deal. Right. I wholeheartedly agree. I th- There's so much I want to talk about this film, though. I love, I love the fact that he can't read. Yeah. That's f- not... It's funny, but not enough. You know, yeah, not, it's, it's, absolutely. it's weird, but I get it. So you're in this future where I guess, as you, but yet he can drive a super mech. Yeah, clear. And, and you and you look at the cockpit. There's nothing in there to read anyway. Right. And they tell him they they they. One part the flash bulb is a. He's like, look for the button that's a giant sun. <laughs> right. That's like that's it. That's it. Don't read. You know, the, you there know. is no reading. It's yeah, just yeah, colors. Right. And it's great. Yeah. But see, those are nuances that are in the film that watching it as an adult now, I'm like, great idea. Right. Uh, I love this concept of um, basically fighting over territory. I actually like it. I don't necessarily know about ending wars, but I like the idea that there's big stakes. Like right. Gambling these massive stakes. Right. Uh, and literally states in this case. Right. They're, they're gambling states. Um I love the fact that th- that people signed a waiver. They made a big deal about it. these people showed up out there. Right. Yeah. They, they choose getting, to sit there and watch it. Yeah. They signed a waiver for the sitting in the. the and you can see it like a laser comes towards them in the in the and there's an interior shot where you can see the laser hit the glass and bounce off because they're under these big shields. Right. But I guess no one had the provision for hey, there's these two giant three hundred foot tall robots fighting <laughs> that what are happens if they fall off hundreds and hundreds of tons that are going to yeah, come right. down and crush us. And it's. Oh, 
they, they drive it home too because and then when they when you first see the bleachers, the bleacher bombs as they're called. Yeah, among them is like this young boy like on on like. You know, on oh, the yeah. shoulders, and he's got a he's got a little stuffed animal, and everything. It's like a weird rabbit, right? Thing. And he's yeah. all happy. And then after the smash, you see the smashed rabbit. Yeah, <laughs> that little boy didn't make it. Yeah, it's brutal. I mean, it- also, also, so when Achilles when Achilles gets out of after that scene, and he's all bandaged up, didn't his bandage just look like the flag of Japan? <laughs> oh yeah, it was a perfect circle, circle of blood, of blood that yeah. was soaked through. It was like <laughs> you're you. Sarah walked in. My, my, costume, my costume and wife walked in, and she was like, "What is this?" <laughs> and she was like, "Why is that?" Her perf- sh- we have to get her on the show. She was like, "Why is that a perfect circle?" And I was like, "Oh God!" Like she just she gets so bad, tears it apart. And then she's like, "Mike, pack." And I was like, "Okay, just get out. Like, let me enjoy my movie on my own terms." Uh, the thing that bothers me the most, just logically, I mean, there's a lot, but but one of the things is, narratively, as much as I praise it, I, I had to re- I had to process the fact that all right. He gets in a fight with Alexander. It's a draw. Right. Because There's, the refs straight up suck. Yeah. Because they're idiots. They're NFL. Uh, they're, they're definitely NFL refs. Right. Then they say, okay, in one week, we're going to do this all over again. Right? Right. But then he's like, nope, I retire. So in the matter of a week, they're like, okay, this girl's ready to go fight. <laughs> like, how many days? What time is actually passing here? On that note... When when we first meet the gin jocks and they're all dudes and they're all like dudes that could have been on a, a different world. <laughs> yep. It's like I know my robot loved me. Yeah, it's totally. <laughs> and so um then they we were introduced to Athena, the only female one, and they make a note saying, Well, she's a girl. She's never gonna be there, she'll never be a robot jock. hundred percent. I have a question about that. If you can make people, then what? why make a girl right. who can be a robot jock? If if girls in this society can't be robot jocks, then why make one? <laughs> Which brings up something I wonder if it was lost in context. Why does the science mother, who's not a bad actress, whoever no, the lady no, was. Yeah, she wasn't. Why does she start crying and she starts losing her mind when she realizes that Athena is, is in the back and going to war? She starts freaking out. Right. Like, you've got to save her. You've got to save her. She can't, like... Are you going to do this for all your kids, or is it just because it's the girl right. that's going to basically birth babies? Is right. that what you're saying? <laughs> that's pretty much what it is. That's my grandbaby maker. <laughs> well, there, there's, I mean, that, that again, you may answer the question why there's a female Jinjok, because if you, you modify her, make her, and then she could be bringing stock. Yeah, that makes sense now. Yeah. Because they, that's the only thing when, I thought when, it would be. When Achilles goes home uh, after he retires, he goes to his, his brother's house, and his, his brother and his, his brother's wife. They have a lot of children, and she's pregnant again because she says that she's doing her part. Because we're the population is obviously right. down because of the nuclear war. So now you're making me wonder if maybe that's part of, and we don't get it. It's subtext. It's or we're giving it way too much credit. <laughs> that maybe that's part of what draws him to go back. It's not just to go, not just to go save her. That I'm a man and I'm doing this because women can't fight. But maybe because he re- realizes that her life is going to be this complete catastrophe scenario because they're, they're gonna breed her basically. right they're gonna you know, she wins I mean, she's a, she's uh, a bred assume, well, we, she's part of this she's gonna be a bitch for breeding like, right that's what it is See, i never thought about that that is dark that's dark we've made a dark version of robot jokes well robot you know, dark <laughs> yeah i 
as simplistic as 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 this movie is, it works. There, like our villain, who's very thin. Alexander's a thin villain. He's right. just like I hate you because you're not on my team. That's that's it. That's straight it. sports hate. So you just he's just hundred percent right. Board. Right. Uh, <laughs> he's Tom Brady. And, that's it. <laughs> so, and then we've got the spy who's Tex, who is. Basically, Slim Pickens was dead, so we got this guy. Yep. <laughs> Who also reminds me of uh, a whammy from. <laughs> that's all I could think about. He's champ from. He's Anchorman. champ from. Yep. And I was like, well, this guy established that line and right. that role. And so, uh, um, so he's the spy, and they, and they 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 hinted pretty early because you know he's teaching the Gen Jocks like classroom stuff, and Athena asking him about his final match, the one where he got lucky on. He says, well. You know, I lucked out and hit the laser blast in the guy's chest and won the day. Right. And then you find out, no, he was told that information. And, uh, but it's the, the, the explanation and the solving of that whole situation is really quick. And I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. And I accept it. I yeah. Like, I don't need anything more. There's, and it's no, there's, great. No, there's no beat around the bush. They just right, go right to right, it. Right. And which is, I miss that kind of direct today that had been like four episodes of the series. Yeah. <laughs> Of course. Now, here's the thing, though. This so this movie on my on my on my soon to be patent pending. Uh, uh, I'm going to rate this movie with food scale. <laughs> is is a very great cheeseburger. Oh yeah. There's no crazy toppings. Right. It is literally meat, cheese, and bun. There might be ketchup, might be a little pickle, right. something. But it is very straightforward. There's nothing crazy about it. Right. And that's what makes it so good to me. Right. I. I, I I'm not going to go like. I didn't pay a ton for it. You could, you know, I'm just satisfied. At the end of this, I was satisfied. Aside from this <laughs> I, thumbs up, thing. but I, even I don't mind this thumbs up thing. I, I, I just wanted a little pinch of context. <clears throat> That's all I needed afterwards. Now, but here's the thing: the villain, our main villain, there are no consequences for him. That's he, true. He murdered a dude. He right. almost murdered a. He's pretty much responsible responsible or at least co-responsible of the deaths of the 30 the 300 people in the bleachers that's right right yep so no consequences for him at all yeah that's true he gets a we don't have to die together sweet <laughs> thumbs up crash thumbs and burn also crash and burn is the worst good luck <laughs> i know it's terrible and i got but does it break a leg see that's what i thought i thought that was yeah. maybe it was bigger like my, my friend uh when i watched it with her she was like did they not understand what crash and burn is and i'm like it's kind of like break a leg, right? Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I took away from it. Kind of like break a leg. It's. A I like the fact that I I I did like the fact of the infrastructure around the entire like somebody and again now knowing that this guy is not only MIT but a Hugo winner. Right. You can see there's a lot. There's a there's a pretty way underdeveloped, obviously, for the movie. Right. But he built a world before he wrote this. In oh, his yeah. head, there's some kind of crazy and, world and for us to play in. Which is cool because even in the, and the movie's short, it's like ninety minutes. Yep. And and like. I understand that world. I get it. There's, I totally got it. I, I got it. so you know it's it's we got nuclear war. Yep. It's not great. People are, are on the rebound. Absolutely. We got two factions fighting for. St- I got you. I got. Yep. I got, and it works. I don't. We don't need scene. We don't. We don't have a lot of scenes with a villain. A lot. That's we, right. We don't get a lot of scenes of that. It's mostly about Achilles and how he's living his life. It's a day in life or a week in life of Achilles, honestly. Right. And it works. It totally does. It it works. And so, you know, critics panned it. And I, I get it because so here here's the problem with the film. The movie 
was conceptualized in 1984-85. Right. When Stuart Gordon sees Transformers. Right. And says, and Robotech and whatever else influenced him. He saw all these cartoons and was like, I want to make a movie. Well, movies take time. So this movie was actually shot in 87. Oh, crazy. And then it took about two and a half years to do the special effects and stuff. Crazy. So the movie didn't get, didn't release until 89-90. So there's, it's got a, it has a soft release in '89, which is which is why it's at '99, and then the wide release when, um, so M, it's it's one of Empire Pictures' last films, and they pushed it out, and then withdrew it, and then when the next company that came over the Baltimore, they they pushed it back out in November of 1990. Crazy. So that's why it has a wider release in November of in a November slot. November slot, which they, is crazy. They knew better. They they knew exactly what they were getting. Yeah. So they, but, well, it took a loss. Right. They took a, they, guaranteed they, exactly. They get, well, they were their plan was to. Empire took all this stuff to take a loss and all this stuff so they could write it off, but the way it, it worked out, they didn't. That's what crossed Empire crap. It's crazy. It's, 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 it's super crazy. Um, so I'm trying to think where I was. <laughs> I lost my train of thought. I was so excited about this. So um, there's a there's a there's a the cut we see is the not the theatrical cut, right? The, because um, the MPAA. Cut a lot of stuff. They had to cut a lot of stuff to get a PG a PG rating from a PG thirteen. Interesting. Yeah, and so uh, what we so what the things that they cut and that we got to see is like the quote unquote graphic scenes of the bleacher, of the, okay. the bleacher stuff. So you see sense. the guy that's kind of yep. all made up, and like, and it's not very good. But the MPAA is like it's all arbitrary anyway. So oh, it's yeah, it's totally it's all made up. Like. Whatever they feel yeah. like, and so I guess they felt like it was so they cut that. Um, the shower scene's a little longer. Yep. They cut that, and a couple other things were just too violent, and they 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 cut Interesting. it. Interesting, but it's all it's all back in the the, the ride release, and uh, so the TV version he ran on TV, which I didn't know. The TV version is the th- most closer to the theatrical than the one we got. Crazy. So we got the we, the one we have is the DVD version, and um, uh, overseas it was re- it's released as the um. The theatrical is released more than the not the non- interesting, and Japan has a whole different version anyway. So it's crazy, and, but yeah, credits panned it. I mean, just totally panned it because, I mean, by the time they got it, the Cold War was ending. Yeah. So th- and so they had had their full of Cold War movies. So they, they I mean, they just strike against that. Right. And the special effects while were, I think, would have been awesome if this movie released in '86. I totally agree. I, th- I think I think this movie, if they could have got it together, had a little bit more money for it, and could do a wider release in eighty six. One hundred percent agree. Been, we we would talk of this on a different kind of level. Yep. And but the way it happened, it, it actually come. probably would have been much more forgotten, to be honest with you. And so because it would have been in the middle of the road. Right. Right. It wasn't quite there yet. So I agree. Yeah. And so I, mean, I think we still would. I think we would still be talking about it on it. Most people didn't. Most people have forgotten about this movie anyway. Oh yeah, big time. Uh, and then uh, thanks to the internet and, and Pacific Realm, when it came back, everyone was like, "Oh, there was a movie about this," and they went back and read it. Th- and that's what's really crazy is you. I mean, again, the line from this movie to Pacific Rim is a straight line. There is no deviation. It is a hundred percent. No, no, it's it, it is. They even say handshake in this, right? Like it's, when he connects to the robot, they even say we're passing off the handshake right, type thing. It's. I'm not going to say it's ripped off, but it's awfully close. And oh, what, it's big and, time. And what they did was, instead of having robots fight robots, because that's a movie, we put kaiju in it. So it was yep. robot versus monster, and then we can, it's it's not that we ripped it off, it's like we had similar ideas. Yep. 
Totally. Which happens? That's theater. Look, that's why we have Deep Impact and uh, and Armageddon. Yeah, you know, 100%. So that stuff. That stuff happens all the time. It just usually doesn't happen when movies like twenty five years apart. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We're in the thirtieth anniversary of this movie. God, that's crazy. Right. Or past or thirty first actually. Th- yeah, yeah. Or depending on when you watch the release, I suppose. Um. It's it's such a just a weird. I love it though. It's. It's a little tricky to find, so if you if you can't get out there and find it, you could usually get it pretty cheap. Um, but I, it, it is yeah, it's tricky. Cheap. It's cheap, yeah. It's it's cheap, and you know if you're, it's, it's definitely worth watching. Especially if you're, uh, you know what? I would say this: if you're a sci-fi fan, like not for just schlock, you just you liked science fiction, you love sci-fi, you're you're sci-fi log reader, star log reader. Uh, I would actually just say it's worth watching just for that. So the 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 problem with the film, Stuart Gordon pinpointed it out and in an interview he said this this the the problem was that joe halderman was writing a movie for adults that children can enjoy but he was directing a movie that children can enjoy could for children that adults can enjoy and i totally see that i totally see that because as a as a kid i loved it yep as an adult i like it i think i love i like it mainly because i loved it as a kid and it's got sometimes those nostalgia movies don't click yeah, this that's one, true. That's this totally one, true. This one totally does. Yeah, it did. This that's what I'm saying. It's a cheeseburger. Yeah, right. It's a sweet spot on him. You want some alternate castings? Oh yeah. Stuart Gordon almost cast Jean Claude Van Damme in the lead role of Achilles. Can you even imagine? Oh, that would have been awesome. Gary Graham's great. I love. I love his Achilles. I like his Achilles because he is literally the everyman. Yeah. He's and he's super vulnerable. Super, he's not broad. He's not a big dude. dude he's not muscular. No. Nothing. And so just normal he's, guy. he's the Joe Schmo who got lucky and got this gig. And he's good at this gig. Right. And probably not good at anything else. Right. Case in point, he can't read. Right. And and so they gave him it's an interesting flaw to give him. Yeah. And 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 it's not like it's not like an Oscar I can't I can't even read nominated for best supporting actor. So yeah, it's right. Not, <laughs> it's not a Tropic Thunder moment. Right. Yeah. It's not. It's it but it's it's like it's it's mentioned twice actually. Yeah. And once as a, a point and then a second to like I don't know, I think it's three times. I think Alexander mentions it to him, but at the end, but like when he's going to quit, they're like, You can't even read your contract. Yeah. It's true, he can't even read his contract. But he also orders his drinks with colors because he can't read right, the Right, right, right. Though when he gets drunk, he goes down the alphabet with a guy, but he gets the guy to help him with the alphabet, which yep. is great. It's a great note. That's a great note. I love it. Uh, it's such a cool movie. I, I would love to sit down with either Stuart Gordon or Gary Graham and like really just discuss this film. Oh, 100%. I would love just to pick their brain on about 100%. About if they show up at a con, we con should try love, to make I'd love to do that. Vanessa Williams originally auditioned for Athena. Now that would have been uh, because she is one of the most beautiful women on earth and to be back then too. Oh, Ooh. smoking it! That would that have was, been incredible because that was post the. I, I know why she didn't get hired easily. It was just the post Playboy yeah. thing, and so she was. No one touched her for a minute, and then people. Then she started acting. They someone gave her that one chance, and she blew up. I mean, yep. sure. Oh, Go Vanessa. Oh wow! So uh, on the budget of this film, um, there's a bunch of numbers. I have two for you. Stuart Gordon says the movies cost about six and a half million dollars to make. I disagree. I, I think it's more than that. And then the budget I have officially is ten million. I think maybe even a few over that. Not million, but a little bit over. Six. Here's my my thought on that though. It is six point five million in eighties dollars. Eighties dollars. So that that went further. Yeah. yeah. 
So it's a double rate. It's thirteen right, billion. Right. I'm just saying, like, so, I, stop motion. Having talked to somebody that did a lot, it's so expensive. It to is, produce. but but like, I mean, but this is also done by Empire, who did most a lot of their works. That's true. Overseas, yeah, yeah. Over, it's, it's a lot of that a overseas. But this is a B movie company that made it. Yeah. They don't have that kind of money to do that. Yeah. So I think they knew how to. Th- that's why the David Allen's in it. Worked on it because he's done all those other stop motion that's for true. them. So that's it's true. like, I know how to make this. Correctly and cheap, cheaply, you know. I have a we we have a friend who um, does special effects, practical special effects, and he's great at it. But he but he but he knows what he's doing. So and he's and he knows how to do it cheap, right? And so that's what's great. So no, no, I'm with you. Like if I'm really want to work on something, I'm like I'm calling John up and because John knows. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. oh, you need to make a brain. Well, I got some cauliflower and some stuff. Bam, we make a brain and yeah. just like all right, and, he, and it looks great. So, um, <laughs> guess the opening weekend. I don't even. I can't even. It's 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 got to be abysmal. Is it is it even up? Is it up to a million dollars? Does it even make a million dollars? It does not make a million dollars. Yeah, I didn't think so. There's no way. Four hundred sixty-four thousand. Oh my god, half of it. That's a huge bomb. It is a huge bomb, but it didn't have. It wasn't that many theaters. That's it, the first release. Yeah, the first release. Okay. It ha- it actually had a better. That was opening weekend. It it was one of those movies that I'll tell you straight. Where do you think it ended up first? Opening weekend. Where do you think it ended up? Oh, it's probably fifth slot in November. November. Yeah, definitely, definitely fourth, fourth, fourth or fifth. I'll go with fourth. Are you ready for this? <laughs> oh no. Seventeenth. Oh my goodness gracious! The top three. Can you can you give me the top three? Eighty nine. Yeah, eighty nine. Batman. It's got to be in there somewhere. I know it was a summer movie, but it, did it run that long? Uh, Batman is not in the top twenty. Batman's not in the top twenty. Not not by November, no. Oh, got it. Because by then it was already coming. See, it came out on video. It was coming out on video by Christmas. Yeah, you're right. So, yeah, uh, I don't know. Eighty nine is tough for me. I just you know me with, with the memories. Ninety. Well, uh, 90, oh, 90. Remember, this is the second release. This is the, uh, the oh the second release. The, the sorry, super, sorry, sorry. Okay, 90, so 90. 90. Uh, that's my fact. I told you 89 because the movie come out. It's because of the release, right? Because the secondary scheduling. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Ninety's a blur for me. There's a lot of content. I know I'm gonna be like, oh. You ready? Yep. Number one. The number one grossing Christmas movie of all oh, time. Home Alone. Home Alone. That makes sense. Number two, Three Men and a Little Lady. Oh, yeah. These are all great movies. You're right. Number three, Dances with Wolves. Epically huge. Number four, Predator 2. It was, uh, Predator 2 is opening weekend, by the way. Predator, Predator 2. Came out four. Which I love, by the way. I do, too. Predator, Predator 2 came out... Uh, Fourth through Home Alone. No one's going to be the Home Alone juggernaut. But Three Men and Little Ladies opening weekend was that weekend, too. Good grief. Rocky Five is number five. Of course. I'm going to do all 17 because I think it's funny. <laughs> Rocky, uh, so uh, The Rescuers Down Under is number six, the uh, release of that. Yep. No, no, The Down Under is the new one. It's a, yeah, it's yeah, a sequel. It's a sequel. Number seven is Ghost. Wow. Number eight is Child's Play 2. Number nine is Memphis Bell. Number Child's 10. Play 2 did better than Memphis Bell, which Memphis Bell is a superior film. But, uh, yeah, Ch- well, Child's Play 2 was also in its fourth week. Wow, good for it. Uh, uh, Memphis Bell was in its 14th week. Okay, never mind. Good God that it's holding strong. And so, uh, let's see, Avalon, then White Palace, Sibling Riley, Jacob's Ladder, Reversal of Fortune, Quickly Down Under, The Nutcracker Prince, Robot Jocks, it beat Mr. and Mrs. Bridge and then Hidden Agenda. Good that's, grief. That's your top 20 right there. That's crazy. 
for the year for night for the year for ninety. Uh, it's not even in the top one hundred. Uh, no, no, it, well, no, it's not. It might even not even be in top one thousand. I want to see what the year the year is. No, let me pull it up. The Home Alone's number one. It has to be. Has yeah. to be because that it ran in theaters for like some ungodly amount of time. Right. Um, I will say this: uh, Robotox did did better on its second week. That's interesting. Yeah, it came up. Uh, went from seventeen to thirteen. So and it made another half a million dollars. Okay, so uh, total. So I, I honestly, I honestly, it was, it's a word of mouth movie. I think, I think, I think, if we had, if this movie was similarly made, yeah, with a comparable budget, and instead of released on theaters and like streaming, would and it's a movie yeah. that people. Did you see the Robot Jacks movie? Yeah, right. And that's the. I think that's. I think it would have done better, I mean, but none of that stuff existed. <laughs> I mean. Home Alone was number one for that. Misery came out, and then Misery oh, was Misery two. was, was good. Yeah, that's a, that's a, yeah, you're right. That so. that year, you, yeah, you know. So that's craziness, craziness, craziness. Um, I I just love this movie. So I kind of have a fantasy of one day if we ever uh, like the remake scenario. Yeah, I was about to ask about that. I uh, you made a joke about it, and I I understand your point. I <clears throat> I loved the world so much. I actually kind of uh, scripted a little concept. Ooh, it's called Sovereign. Is the name of the show? Right, right. It's going to be an episodic. Right, and it does follow Achilles, and it does follow Athena. And there, do we have a of, note? <laughs> yeah, we have a mystery note. Uh, I'm gonna check the note. Yeah. So we're recording. We're we're we got a note. That's. That's weird. Did we get our eviction notice? <laughs> okay, cool. Sweet. All right, cool. Um, so I had a note. Yeah. So it's called Sovereign. It's episodic. It's going to be more in the tone of like how they uh, Ron D. Moore converted Battlestar from super hokey into a legitimate right. concept. And it follows Athena, and it follows uh, uh, Apollo. What are Achilles? Achilles. Thank you, Achilles. <laughs> Fight me, Achilles. <laughs> Going through the entire thing, and it builds upon the world a lot more. So the whole idea, though, is that you have these two states that exist, or these two sort of groups that exist, but there is a space that's sovereign. Like, that's where people want to be. So the goal is you fight and live in this world. If you're poor, you're stuck in that. But as a fighter, it's following the trope. Right. If you could successfully make your 10 fights, you have the ability to uh, basically go live as in the sovereign lands, like and live a better right. life for yourself because uh, you've you've earned it. Well, it's just kind of building into all that. So the people that are contributing their it's service also like, eventually. It's also like the plot of Battle Angel where you can buy your way into the... It's totally right. It's, same it's sort a good of, trope. It's a good trope. It is. It's a classic trope, right? Uh, We've always had it. Uh, what was it? The, um, Matt Damon. Elysium. Elysium has the same thing. Yeah. Uh, to a degree, Hunger Games has the same That's thing. That's true. It's, it's a very standardized uh, disparity trope. So I just want to see it unfold where you only have, like, for the season, two fights, maybe three fights. It's there when the fights happen. It's kind of like the dragons in in, in uh, Game of Thrones. Like right, when the dragons right. have a nice appearance, it's like a big deal. Right, right. You get something. You only get these fights at a very like one, two, or three. You know, maybe one at the beginning. Yeah, I have to get one in the midpoint and one towards the end that builds into it. But I want a whole episode. I want a forty-five minute, close to forty-five minute battle. I want the fights to be like 
almost real time, so you really get to experience right. what's happening because it, it's built up to it so well. That's what I would. I, I genuinely would love to watch. I would watch the crap out of that. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I will. I would like to make a movie. I'll do. I'll do a. I'll stick with film because I think it's too easy to go to uh, episodic television. So to limit yourself, I'm going film. All right. Um. I like I like the story of Achilles. I like him being the everyday man, so we follow that. I would I may would have I, I would have put more fights in this, but they didn't have the budget for that. Right. We we need to see this rivalry between Alex. It should be a rivalry. It should be. So what you're saying though is you're making it more of a sports movie. Right. It's a sports movie. You're it's making w- the Rudy of right, uh, right, right. Robot jocks. Of, of course, of course. You know, yeah. Achilles, Achilles. Yeah, that's Achilles. exactly it. John Favreau's in the crowd. I, yeah, he'd totally do that too. I think. I bet you could get him into it. I totally could get him into it. So yeah, but I would make. I would make a. Oh no 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 no! Sorry, not Rudy. This movie needs to be any given Sunday. Oh, I'd buy that all day. Right, any, any given Sunday yeah. with robots. So you're, yeah. you're I'd buy it. You're focusing on the quarterback. Yeah, the quarterback. Yeah. So you're, you're, Love you're, it. Right. Yeah. Love any, it. Any, Great any, idea. Because you've got you know Texas, your coach, your grizzled coach who doesn't fit, you know, yep. and maybe he's sailing seekers, maybe he's not. But I mm, any given Sunday. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. Call. There we go. There. Oh, I'm gonna watch that. Yeah. See, I do too. That's what I'm saying. Why not? You're building upon this this concept of alternate sports. Why can't we have that? I think it would be fascinating to watch. And I'm not a huge sports ball guy. I love football. I like college football. But I still want, I, I appreciate competition, right? I think it'd be a killer idea. Oh, I think so too. I mm, I love it. Mm. I've not played it yet, but I'm wondering if there's anything from the game Titanfall. I think it's called Titanfall. Yeah. If there's any kind of uh, robot jocks uh, homage, it should be because it's very close, right? It is. It's extremely close. There's a lot to it. Oh yeah, I like that sports ball. Oh, because <laughs> they're not really like you're right. There's not really like alternate sports ball. Let's see. We got. You get Quidditch, and look how popular Quidditch is. Right. Um, let's see. You've got Solar Babies. Yep. Um, rollerball. There's two versions of Rollerball. Right. The original is way more violent than the remake. <laughs> yeah. Um, the remake's kind of goofy. It's stupid. Um, uh, are we including the racing movies? Uh, well, like I mean, death, you've got like, like Death Race, like and Death all that Race, stuff. which are which are apocalyptic kind of. Yeah, but the sports that it is like your, I guess. I, I mean, guess. racing's a sport. If it is. You're fair enough. I mean, unless we're going to be like Death Chess, the movie. Yeah. Death Chess 3000. Well, yeah, there you go. Death Chess 3000. <laughs> it's got to have the future. The yeah. future's got to Death Chess is just a horror film. 3000 hey, Well, well it should have been Death Chess 2020. Death Chess 2020. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, I think that's it, right? Yeah, there's not many. If you can think of any more future sports movies, please yeah, throw them out there. Throw them out there. I'd like to, I'd like to, because I, I, I want to say there may be a couple other others. And there's some movies that like have sports in them. Like I love the version of football in um, Starship Troopers. Oh yeah, it's great. I love Starship Troopers. Yeah, that's a great movie too. <laughs> it's just it's uh, highly highly underrated film. It's so it's so good. I saw the movie like four times in the theater. Oh, I, I did too. I, I loved it. I own it. As even and then I even went through all the way through. I've seen all the content for it and watched the cartoon. Oh, uh, really? I love the cartoon. The cool. series is phenomenal. Do they keep doing the web web jokes like the... Yeah, but it just... You, yes. Would you like to see more? Yes, I would love to see and more. And it goes down the canon. Their canon is really dense. Sweet. It's a, it's a pretty broad world. They did a fantastic job fleshing that world out. That's cool. Yeah, it's That's fun. A, Starship Troopers is so good. Um, I don't think other foot... Any, not even just football, just space movies. 
with like sports in them. Because then, like, in, we we kind of see in episode two. There's because they're the they're in a sports bar. Yep. And and when they go looking for um the assassin. Yep. Uh, Zam Wessel. Yeah. And the the bounty hunter. And uh, there's there's robot football in the background and some boxing and some other stuff. I guess the boxing is supposed to be shock boxing, but yeah. I don't know if that's. A they position. have a. Of course, Battlestar has whatever that ball. Whatever See, that's I, I've only seen like I saw the pilot and I really loved the pilot. There's a whole sequence. No spoilers on the character name because it's important later on. But there's a whole sequence where uh, this guy is is a, a famous sports ball player, right? And he lives through uh, the catastrophe that happens to whatever the primary planet is. I forgot by now, but Athena or something. Is it Caprica? Caprica. Because that's yeah, Caprica. Yeah, yeah. I had a series on it. That's the only reason which I know. Was terrible. Which is the only reason I know uh, about it. It must have been Caprica. But he like. He's a sports ball guy, and so that game exists. In it's cool. It's an interesting idea. Cool. I um, uh, D Space Nine had. I mean, Star Trek has its own. Uh, we never got to see it. Like Parsee Squares. Oh yeah. We we didn't see it. Um. Uh, then they had uh, DS Nine had um, Springwell, which we did see, which is kind of like ra- super fancy racquetball. Yeah. And so. And then there was some kind of laser, like phaser tag thing that they played a lot. But there's no likes. Oh, one more, one more. Oh yeah, Jason X <laughs> has the laser tag game. Yeah, laser tag game. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Oh, sports. <laughs> so that was robot. Anything else you want to mention? I, 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 I love it. I, I just, I can't say bad things about it. I mean, it's, it's, is it perfect? No, but it's fun, and I think that's what we're missing. A, a, a lot of times, people just go looking at movies and like, if it's not perfect, they just hate it and like. But did you have fun? That's right. And this is a fun movie. I highly recommend it. I, I do, too. I, I think it's absolutely worth watching. Like I said, uh, I truly believe it is the cheeseburger of movies. Not because it's cheesy, because you've had it a million times in your life. Right. And you, it's, it's comforting. This one is, it's comforting. It is. It's I walked com- away feeling pretty good about myself. I did, too. I didn't, you know, and not like it, we, we did in all these movies. I mean, Judgment Night, our last one was, I mean, it's fine, but it's, at the end of the day, it was like, ugh. It was a little hefty. It was, really I felt, hefty. I, it was, it was, a, it was a heavier meal than I expected. Right, right. And I'm just like, that's okay. But did I enjoy it? I don't know if I really enjoyed it because the problem with Judgment Night is that it's it's a, a a wrong take on better films. That's right. This is great. It's I, the only one, one that exists. Existed and if you just, think about right. it. Right. And, yeah. and then, it, and it's the grandfather of a Pacific Rim. I don't know how you feel about Pacific Rim. I, I, I think, love it. I, I'm I not love it for what it is. I actually like the second one way more than the first see, I'm one. Not, I didn't see the second one. I, I love saw Pacific the first Rim one. It was like, I was just disappointed by the second, the first one. Oh, it was God, okay. It was so just good. like, I think I was, Del Toro was expecting more. You know, it's whatever. Two I, is worth watching because John Boyega is fantastic. Cool. And it it's a lot more batshit crazy. Cool. Uh, in a good way. Right. Uh, one was way convoluted. Charlie Hunnam always walks the same and Idris Elva gives a great speech but John Boyega is way better cool it's worth watching well that's awesome well then uh, go out and see Robot Jocks in Pacific Rim 2 uh, well uh, do you know what we're going to do next I have no idea yet I have no idea You, it's your pick I know but I've got to I've got to process what it, what I need to throw in the mix I still keep going back and forth on American Ninja because I'd like to bring it back in yeah that's fine but I'm not 100% yet okay so we're, we're uh, we'll let you know uh, you'll find out when we do what we do next. This is Scotty saying this is our contribution to the multiverse. Go out and make yours. Kohas out. Crash and burn.
Thank you for listening to the Mobcast Network.